Good morning, High Desert Word Center family. How is everybody on this beautiful fall time morning? Yeah. Man, isn't it nice to be wearing jackets and coats instead of sweating? I just love the fall time, and it's almost winter, which everyone knows is the best time of year. So we're getting right there. Amen. Well, who had a good time at Harvest Fest on Friday night? Yeah, that was incredible. And what a turnout. I mean, I, I, that was more people than we even imagined. So it was a great time reaching people with uh, the love of Jesus. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. So thank you to everybody that helped out with that. And here after uh, in a few minutes, we'll watch a little video recap of everything and let you take a look at that. But we're going to start off this morning, like we always do, by speaking some words of faith over the United States. So let's stand up together this morning. Amen. Because we're going to believe and declare that this nation is coming to Jesus. 
And we're going to keep speaking these words of faith because we know that our faith works. Amen. Let's say it together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise today. Amen. We're going to take a few minutes like we always do to go around and do some meet and greet time. So shake some hands, give some hugs, some fist bumps, whatever. Just make sure everybody gets some love this morning. Amen. Let's go. The king of creation set aside his crown. A servant to the Father's love Descended from the stone upon Author of salvation Giver of new life Crucified to pay for sin Our righteousness is in the name of Jesus Every heart and tongue Confess your name
mighty exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare our praise to Jesus Christ. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare our praise to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name and cry for the name. All days of this belong to you forever. You will away. not loud enough. Sorry, Tom. Well, good morning and welcome to church. Since you didn't hear that the first time I yelled it, we are going to watch a recap of Harvest Fest real quick. Lights on, lights off. It's good. Leave the lights. We're good. Um, I just want to share with you how proud I was, how grateful I was for all that you all did. I just was so grateful. Yes was beautiful to watch the body of Christ serve people and to hear the next day at the parade to hear people's lives who were changed and were touched. And, um, I had asked the Lord, I'm sure it happens. And then I just don't know about it. You know, sometimes I don't get to know everything. I'd like to think that I do, but I don't. Uh, so someone shared with me at the parade that they were walking in the parade with a family And this mom that they were walking with said, oh, yeah, we missed it. I'm so sad we missed it. They didn't realize what day it was. And she said, my nine-year-old son got saved at Harvest Fest last year. So at which point I started to cry. And I'm like, yes, Lord. So you may not know for years to come what you did for Jesus, but it's a big deal. And I'm so, so grateful. So we'll watch this video and celebrate together.
Jesus. Right? How cool is that? So I've got to tell you, the drone left before it got dark. Because that would have been really interesting to get to see the cars that were out on 58 and the whole nine. So thank you to Alex Church and all of his friends for all of that crazy media stuff. And thank you, Chuck. Where's Chuck? Chuck and Kingdom of Heaven Outreach Ministries. Isn't that amazing? Did you know that every tiny piece of that trailer that was here on that platform that we get to use for Jesus, every piece of it was put together with Chuck's two hands. (laughs) Just a really cool thing that he did for the Lord. So really awesome to get to share the gospel in that way. Um, Speaking of Chuck, while we're at it, um, you should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then when a semi wrecks, you should eat more bread. So Chuck discovered a semi that uh, has a lot of bread. So after service, if you would like some bread, it'll be on a table outside. There's a lot, a lot. And it's after that they, they gave whole pallets to churches in town and food ministries in town. And so take some bread. Oh, who would like some bread? Bread? No bread? (laughs) You know, you can't really, I don't think that it's too appropriate to throw bread javelins in church. I don't know. Maybe in youth ministry, but not yet. So speaking of giving, (laughs) speaking of giving, thank you all of you who did the Samaritan's boxes. They went really, really fast. That's awesome. Um, in case you have not gotten in the Christmas mood like Miss Sonia Ray has already, because as soon as fall ends, which is with the Barstow Parade, because fall ends that day, as soon as the Barstow Parade happens, that's Christmas season. Thanksgiving's just a bonus in between, okay? Yeah, so you need to have filled your boxes. So if you haven't been Christmas shopping, do it like this week, okay? So the the Samaritan's Purse boxes for Operation Christmas Child need to be in next Sunday. So go fill them up this week and bring them back next Sunday. And that way we can get them all over to Hesperia and ready to be shipped out so they arrive at Christmas. Okay? So raise your hand if you got a box. Okay. I see you. Next Sunday you're bringing your box, yeah? Okay. The six, bring in your box next Sunday. Um, Children's Church is having a party this morning, a big movie day. And thank you, youth group, youth ministry, for providing all of their snacks. Yes, we lost. It's okay. They'll have leftovers. We'll eat it on Wednesday. So Wednesday, we're also having a party. Um, young adults is happening this Friday in Victory Hall. Yes. Young adults, you need to invite your friends because there's a very cool thing going on, aside from the fact that you're having a nacho bar. Your job Friday is to show up with a friend and bring something to put on top of nachos, okay? Like jalapenos, bacon, whatever, okay? Green onions, whatever you're going to bring to put on top of your nachos and a friend. And Miss Rosalinda Palakiko is going to share her testimony about her life. I can personally tell you, you need to be there. You need to be in that room. It's one thing to hear a podcast and to try to soak it in, but to be in the room with a leader, to be in the room with someone that God has done amazing things in, it multiplies your growth. It doesn't just add to you. So please make a point to be in that room. 
If you know an 18-year-old, you know a senior in high school, they need to be in that room. It will change their life. Um, speaking of all of changing lives and eating food and that sort of thing, also this weekend is men's. Praise the Lord. Men's is this weekend, and it, it says breakfast, Bible, and bros, I was told. It's supposed to say that because that's a cool thing to say, breakfast, Bibles, and bros, and sometimes beards, except Josh has a small one right now. Pastor Josh has a small one. Thank you, Lawrence, for keeping your giant beard. Okay, and Tim, Tim, thank you for the beard. So, gentlemen, here's what you're doing Saturday for men's meeting. Bring something to eat, because all of our other groups do that. This is your turn, okay? I don't have anyone to cook this time. So, y'all bring something to eat and to share. We'll provide drinks and coffee, yeah? Okay, so Saturday, 9 a.m., men's meeting, Victory Hall. And the time change is Sunday. Are you as excited about it as I am? You get to sleep an extra hour next Sunday. So the 6th, November 6th, you're going to fall back one hour, okay? So stay asleep for one extra hour next Sunday. Don't be late for church, okay? Don't be late for church. Um, the church Thanksgiving dinner is November the 20th. So that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. That's a really big deal. We're going to have a great time. And uh, we will also have all of this done by then. All the construction will be complete by then. Uh, bathrooms are this close. We missed the deadline because the toilets didn't come in in time. And I would like to blame you for not praying enough, okay? Anyway, I'm just saying I asked you to pray for the toilets. Just saying. So they're coming in this week. They'll be installed this week. And in Jesus' name, we'll have bathrooms by next Sunday. Now you have a second chance to go pray, okay? Um, women's is coming up on November 11th, okay? We are doing a comfort food night. So I'm not helping your weight loss at all. If you can make something healthy that is also comforting, great. You can bring your zucchini bread or your chocolate zucchini cake. That's cool. You need to bring a comfort food so we can all get together and have fun and do that little chill out moment right before we get really, really busy and not so focused and chaotic before the holidays, okay? So November 11th at 6.30 in Victory, Miss P gave you little bookmarks. Keep them with you. Put them in your wallet, in your pocket, on your dash or your car. If you are with us for the first time or the first time in a long time, wave at me. First time here, first time in a long time. I'm so glad that you're with us today. Miss Melissa has some information about the church to share with you. And if you fill out that little card and drop it at the booth in front of the clock, we would be glad to give you a gift. We are so glad that you're with us today. All right, very good. Well, you can see we're getting into the busy time of year, and uh, it's the most wonderful time of year. So I'm really, really pumped up about the holidays. Got some really great stuff coming up. So stay tuned for some really great announcements on all that. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Pastor's going to do our Hallelujah. Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen, amen. That's a hard act to follow, boy. I tell you what, for a little package, you put out a lot quick, didn't you? <laughs> amen. Almost sounds like she's running for politics. She says, it's not my fault, it's your fault. <laughs> oh, well. Glory to God. She's my daughter, so I can talk about her, but she just does so great with what she does. Hold up your hands and need an envelope for your tithes and for your offerings. And open up to two places. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Thank you, Dylan. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, 
And I want to remind you, uh, I know a lot of people give online now, give the internet, and don't necessarily bring uh, checks or cash up to the altar with the envelope, but uh, the Bible says worship God with your tithes. And so to me, it's, it's always a good thing as an act of faith, as an act of worship, even if you don't put anything in this because you already did online, come up here. As you're coming up here, we'll be bringing them up. Just got to be thanking Him for what He's doing in your life. And be, just, just be giving praise to Him for what you know He's going to be doing in your life. And, and you're, you're worshiping Him with your tithe then. Amen. But uh, in thinking about in thinking about Harvest Fest and what, what all that uh, took place, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we're a faith church. We're a word of faith church. And so when we receive tithes and offerings, it's not just something we do. It's something we do to build your faith and give you a chance to release your faith in presenting your tithe and your offering to God. But 1 Corinthians 15, 58, thinking of Harvest Fest, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding, that means abundance. I'd say Harvest Fest, we're all leading up to it. All that took place that night and then the cleanup and everything else, I think that's an abundance. Abundance of work. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now look at this. For as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 24, but I'm going to show you why, why Paul would say, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Has anybody ever worked and worked at something? He thought, man, that was all in vain. I did that for nothing. I did all that work and nothing out of it. Well, Paul said, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And here's why. Matthew 6, verse 24. Did we call that serving the Lord when we was there? Was that serving? We have a lot of people serving the Lord this morning in here, serving. And so Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You know what a master is? That's your boss. That's the one that controls you. Said no man can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, be loyal to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and riches. You cannot serve God and riches. Talk about money money being your boss telling you what you can do. You know, money telling you, well, you know what? The church is having services this week. But I can't go because I gotta pay for my car that's way over my head. I gotta pay for all these things put on my charge card, my master card. What's in your wallet? You know, you know, you notice the bait out there every time they turn on TV? We were watching the World Series last night and the Capital One did their thing. What's in your wallet? You know what I said? Cash? Hey man. And so he says, no man can serve two masters. And so you cannot serve God and money. He didn't say you couldn't have money. He said, don't let money tell you what you can do. Amen. You tell your money what it can do. Amen. As anyway, he says, therefore I say unto you, take no anxious thought for your life, what you're going to eat. Has anybody ever seen any news the last few months where we've got a choice. It's either gas or food. Well, he said if you're serving money and not serving God, they said you might have that question. But he tells us what to do when we are servants of God. 
He said, uh, take no anxious thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, or for your body, what you're going to put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then he goes down through there and tells you God takes care of the birds and everything else. But I want you to get down to verse 31. And this, this is for us that serve God, that were sold out. We put him first. And I know in my life in the past, I've had to change jobs because they told me I had to be there on Sundays and Wednesdays. I could never go to church because they was my master. And so I said, Jesus, you're my master. I need another job. Amen. Sometimes you have to make those. That's called faith when you follow after God and not after things. And so verse 31, now look at this. Therefore, take no thought, and I circled the word saying. Take no thought saying. How many have been around, around here around the word of God long enough that Jesus said that you'll have whatsoever you saith? And he said, cast down thoughts and imaginations. And every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so every one of us get hit with worried thoughts. You know, no matter how much money you got, it's still hard for me to say the gas is over a dollar a gallon. I'm a little older than you are. You know, somebody say, well, how much is gas up to in California? I said, I think it's about a dollar and a half. Well, I'm still stuck sometimes back where I was. I don't know where it ought to be. But I don't take any anxious thoughts saying, oh, glory to God, gas is six dollars and 29 cents a gallon now. It used to only cost me $30 to fill this truck up. I don't let those thoughts get a hold of me. I don't say them. They come. I say, nope. I'm going to say, but my God supplies all of my need. And, and my God still pays the same thing from heaven for a tank of gas as he did 30 years ago. Amen. He's my source. Take no thought saying all these different things. And then verse 32. For after the, all these things do the Gentiles seek, and I just like to say non-covenant people. He was talking to Jewish people then. That's so what he says, all the non-covenant people, because it wasn't a covenant yet with Christians, because Christianity wasn't here. He said, there, he said all, all the non-covenant people are seeking these things, for your Heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Did you notice he said things? Gas is a thing. Food's a thing. Clothes are a thing. Education's a thing. All the things you need. He says, your Father knows you live in California. Your missionary's here. Hey, man. But verse 33, and this is why I believe Paul said, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said, but seek ye first, and I circled first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now look at this. Have you got your shouting clothes on? Are you ready to jump? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added. Added. Added unto you. Added unto you. Now let me tell you what religious-minded people think. Religious-minded people think God's so dumb he don't know the difference between addition and subtraction. Well, if I come to church on Sunday, instead of working, my money's going to be subtracted. I'll lose $200 if I come. Well, that's not what he said. He said you put him first. And things are added. Amen, amen, amen. So I just want to tell you, all the people that are serving God on overtime right now by all the Harvest Fest and everything else this busy season we're coming into, just remember this. He's the strength of your life. And you're putting him first. He's going to add things, not take them away. And then even if you have to miss a day or two at work sometimes because of things going on, God said, that's okay. You're putting me first. I'll take care of it. Okay, now, here's the disclaimer for stupid people. 
Don't quit your job and say, I'm going to be in church all the time. We all want to, but we don't quit our jobs. Amen. So let's stand up and make our faith confession. (laughs) As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, pronouncements, raise them bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings that increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give just in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
all our sins and diseases. No one, no one, no one. Who else can walk, walk on the water? No one, no one, no one. Who else can dance and survive? God from age to age, do you 
of the Lord is here in our house today, amen, in God's house. I want to take just a minute to be in his presence. One of the best things that we're singing right there is I put my faith in Jesus, the name of Jesus. And that's what we're going to be preaching about this morning is the name of Jesus. But you got to realize the power that is in the name of Jesus. And it's so important that we get very comfortable with speaking the name of Jesus. It's the name above all names. And at some point or another, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now, the thing is, some people are going to choose to do it right now of their own free will. And then some people someday, it may be too late, but they're going to be forced to admit it whether they wanted to or not. And so I want to be found in that group that says, I choose. No one's forcing me. I'm doing this on my own. I declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is my Lord. Amen. And so I just want to take a minute this morning, if you would, you may not be too uh, uh, familiar with doing this, but I just want to take a minute, and right there where you're at, I just want you to speak the name of Jesus out. And let's say that together. Jesus, 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 we love you. Jesus, you are the name above all names. Jesus, there is nobody like you. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Almighty God. Jesus, you are everything, everything, Lord, and so much more than we could ever possibly want or need. You are greater, Jesus, than any other name or any other being in this entire universe. We love you so much, Lord, and we ask that you would have your way in our service today. Lord, it's your service anyway. This isn't ours, it's yours. I pray that you would have your way and do what you need to do today. Speak to every single person here, Lord. You know what we're facing. You know what we're going through. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would reach each and every single one of us. If there's any hardened hearts here today, I pray that the anointing of God would soften those hearts right now. If there's any pride that needs torn down, I pray that we would tear that pride down right now so we can receive the word of God. We love you and we praise your holy name right now. Thank you, Jesus for everything that you are. Hallelujah. Can we make some noise for Jesus today? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're our Savior, our healer, our peace giver, our deliverer, our restorer. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you are right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't God good today? Hallelujah. He's good. His mercy endures forever. All right, amen. You can make your way to your seats. What a good time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Yeah, I just love being in the house of God. Amen. It's the best place for me to be. Well, we're going to get into the Word of God together today. And if uh, if you need an outline for the sermon, go ahead and get one. I know most of you typically get one on your way in to church. Well, what had happened was I printed them on Thursday or Friday, and I, I don't even usually print them. I thought, I'll do the team a favor because they're busy with Harvest Fest. So I printed them, and I didn't cut them, but you know, they, I still printed them, which I thought was pretty nice of me. And... <laughs> somebody brought them over here, and uh, the somebody on the cleanup crew thought that they were trash, so they got thrown away over the weekend. Yeah, I'm like, that's not trash. That's the best I have to offer. I mean, if it's no good, then I'm sorry, but that's everything I had. So uh, anyway, quickly during praise and worship, your outlines were reprinted, and so you get to follow along today. So thank God for good, wonderful people on the team that know how to make stuff happen. All right. So if you need an outline, raise your hand and get one. And the title today is Rocktober Part 4. And you're like, what's that? It's been the sermon series we've been in for the whole month of Rocktober. I mean, wait, October. And here's the deal. I can only do it this week because next week's November. So this is, we're laying it all out there today, okay? This is the grand finale of this thing. But what we're talking about is Jesus. He is the rock of ages. Amen. He is the eternal rock, Psalm 18 says. And so we trust him with everything that we are. And we've been so excited about everything that God's doing uh, around here in our midst and in our community. Uh, we're seeing more people come to Jesus than we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. Uh, God's doing wonderful things here in our church family. We're seeing so many people get new raises and promotions, uh, more families being restored. Uh, and we're just this close to our church property being paid off. And so we're super excited here. Uh, we were going to do it in October, but we were kind and extended a little a bit of extra time to the person that's buying, uh, that's buying uh, the house that we're selling. Anyway, but I'm I'm telling you, God's doing some really, really awesome things right now, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. Amen. And so uh, it all goes to Jesus, but I want you to look at our opening verse here, Isaiah 26 and verse 4, and that's really what we've been basing the entire thing off of, uh, Isaiah 26 and verse 4, and I love this verse because this really just sums everything up that we're trying to tell you right here. So Isaiah chapter 26, and we're going to look here. At verse 4, who's been having a good time with all this, man? Just getting excited about Jesus? And maybe maybe you were getting a little cold, right? Maybe you were kind of cooling off, but we are here to light you up and heat you up and get you on fire for Jesus all over again. Isaiah 26, verse 4, it says, Trust in the Lord part-time. No, this is our full-time gig, man. This is an everyday deal. Trust in the Lord always. Why? Well, why would we do that? For the Lord God is the eternal rock. He's the eternal rock. And we've clearly established over the last few weeks that a rock is a stable and solid thing. And if there's anything that we need in our lives right now, we need stability. We need something that's not going to change. We need something that's staying the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we found it. It's Jesus Christ. And so we thank God that we have one thing in this life because everything else is changing around us all the time, every day. But I'm not interested in all that. I want something that I can count on to not change. And that's Jesus. Amen. And so he is the eternal rock. 
And so what we're going to talk about specifically this week in regards to Jesus is the name of Jesus. Because I am convinced that clearly we don't know everything that we need to know about the name of Jesus. And we will probably never uh, uh, fully uh, uncover all of the awesome truth that there is right there. Uh, but, but I'm telling you that you need to start, uh, you need to start taking a real interest in the name of Jesus. You need to start really getting a better revelation in your heart of what his name means and how powerful his name is to absolutely change your life. It is so powerful, the name of Jesus, that Romans 10, 13 says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I can understand that if mildly good people could call on the name of the Lord or people that haven't been that bad. But no, even bad people, it says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no other name you could call on to save you. I mean, uh, seriously, you can't call on the name of the United States of America. You can't call on the name of your favorite athlete. You can't call on the name of your favorite person and get healed. But the name of Jesus, it sure enough healed me of leukemia when I had it. Amen. The name of Jesus can do anything. And so we're going to kind of uncover some of this truth today. But I want you to be ready to to listen and get excited about the word of God. Amen. So I'm going to say a real quick prayer and we're going to dig in to the message today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for uh, just being in this house today. And Lord, I know that you want to speak to every single one of us. And so I pray that our ears would be open. You said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. And so, Lord, we're saying we're going to open up the ears today to listen to what you have to tell us from the word of God. Have your way right now in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? Amen. All right, let's do it. We're going to look at three things about the name of Jesus. Number one, we're going to say this. Number one, you need to respect it. You need to respect the name of Jesus or revere it or honor it or have some reverence, but get some respect for the name of Jesus. Because first of all, you better realize that Jesus is God. You get that, right? I mean, I'm not going to go into a whole deep theological discourse on the Trinity right now, but Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. And and the Bible tells us in a lot of places that very clearly to not disrespect the name of God Almighty. And so I want to show you a a very important verse this morning, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. And, And you'll see where we're going here, but you need to get this. This is the third commandment out of the Ten Commandments. And I know there's always someone that's like, uh, no, 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 no. We're under the New Testament. We don't need, uh, you better stop that. You need to know your Bible. And so check this out. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. And, uh, and, and I want you to see here how seriously the name of the Lord is to be respected and revered. In fact, that first song we sang this morning, uh, they're talking about Yahweh. And so that is, uh, that is a, a Hebrew uh, way of saying the name of the Lord. But here we go. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7. This is the third of the Ten Commandments. And it tells us, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. 
And, and again, we kind of overlook some of this stuff because when we think about, you know, it's, uh, I don't need all that, you know, old covenant. I don't need all the Ten Commandments. You need to know this stuff. And it is very important that we don't disrespect the name of the Lord. In fact, the, the Jewish people in past generations had so much reverence and respect for the name of the Lord. If they were writing out scripture, if they were writing out something, they used a different pen every single time they were going to write his name. And so they would write his name, throw that writing utensil away, get a brand new one, because they wanted to make sure they didn't do anything at all to show any sign of disrespect to God. They would change their clothing every single time they uh, would write his name down because they didn't want to approach God with any dirtiness or anything on them. And now I look at it in our modern society, and, and it's like it's a bother to even capitalize the name of Jesus. Or even just fully spell it out. And, and you know, you may think like, all right, preacher, you're getting a little bit, a little bit overbearing right there. I'm serious. We need to respect the name of Jesus and the name of God Almighty. Now, I'm not saying you change clothes every time you say his name, but I am saying, come on. It's not that hard to capitalize the name of Jesus or the name of God Almighty or the word Christmas. And you're like, no, you're just being picky right now. I am dead serious. We need to get a little more respect and honor for the name of God Almighty and for the name of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, and and it, it, it does tend to bother me, the lack of respect that a lot of modern day Christians have for the name of the Lord. I was talking to someone a while back, actually someone that's even in ministry, and, uh, and every other sentence was, oh, my God. Oh. And she kind of sounded like that, too, anyway. But, but oh, my God, oh, God, God, God. And, and, and none of it was in giving praise and worship to God. She was just vainly using the name of God. And, you know, and again, you think that that's, that's crazy, but all I know is he takes it real serious. And it says to not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Well, what does vain mean? It means empty and, and just wasteful. And so if I'm just going to go around, God, oh my God, uh, that's using the name of the Lord in vain. And, and really, you know, if that's something that you do, that's something that you should probably get a little bit of a check on and, and stop saying that. Uh, do you want some synonymous words you could use? You could say, oh my goodness, gosh, golly, gee, willikers. Uh, I don't know, come up, I don't, you know, do something. I, I mean, use somebody else's name, right? But, but you don't have to sit there and just wastefully, vainly, emptily, Throw the name of God Almighty out there like it's just somebody else's name. And according to the third commandment, you know, it, it says that, that that gets punished. And so that's just something that I think we should uh, uh, take a little bit more seriously than maybe we do. All right. And so there's a lot of Old Testament uh, scripture on respecting the name of God. But I really want to specifically look in the New Testament, because we're specifically speaking about the name of Jesus today. All right. I'm just going to have this put, put the, I'm going to have them put this verse on the screen. It is on your handout. But in Matthew one, verse 21, the angel appears to Joseph and says, Hey, you guys, your Mary is going to be having a baby. And he's, you know, we know the story. Do you know the Christmas story? Stick around. I'm going to tell it here in a few weeks. All right. Uh, but, but listen, the Christmas story, he shows up and, and, and the angel, you know, has already, they've already told Mary, but they show up to tell Joseph, hey, 
don't be alarmed, but your fiance's pregnant. And, and of course he's like, well, I'm alarmed. Yes, what's going on here? But the angel tells him everything. But, uh, Matthew 1 21, the angel says, she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad that Jesus was born and that he came to save his people from their sins? Because I could not save myself from my sins. There's no way. I, I didn't have the power. But Jesus had the power. And I think about what a what a powerful moment that was where the angel appears and right there says it, name that boy Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the entire world. Raise him right. <laughs> what a, I mean, what, what a burden, what a weight. Think about that. I, you know, I'm nervous about raising my kids and the angel says, Hey, you know, don't want to put any pressure on you, but you, you're raising the savior of the entire world right there. You get one shot at it. Don't let the boy die. Don't do anything. <laughs> Raise him right. I'm thinking, my gosh, what pressure was that? But thank you, Jesus, that he was raised and became a man and he died for our sins. And so I was listening this week to Brother Kenneth Hagin, who you're going to hear us talk about a lot around here. And, uh, and, and he wrote a book called The Name of Jesus. And, uh, and he was talking about how as he was studying for uh, his book and to, and to preach sermons on it, he didn't find a whole lot of material theologically and even sermons specifically on the name of Jesus. And and so I'm researching as I'm writing this and I'm, I'm realizing like, yeah, there's not as much material on the name of Jesus or even as many sermons as there are on most other topics. And so I found out a really good resource though called the Bible. And so I was like, hey, let's just stick to that and we're going to be okay. I mean, it's all over the place right there. So I want you to look here at Philippians chapter 2. Can we go there? Philippians 2. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. And we uh, referenced this just a little bit ago right after praise and worship. But Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to look here at verses 5 through 11. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. We having a good time today? And so this is such a powerful passage of scripture for us to get a hold of right here. Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. And this is I just love this absolutely. Verse 5. It says, "You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had." Well, I want my own attitude. No, no, no. You need to have the same attitude that Jesus had. And so what was Jesus' attitude? Check this out. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And so sometimes we're like, man, they better respect me. They don't know who I am. Sit down, man. Shut up. Listen right here. Jesus, if anybody could have said that, they better recognize, they better know who just stepped into the room, and they better show some respect. Jesus didn't do that. He laid down all of his divine privileges. He laid down all of his rights, and instead, he laid down the crown, he laid down the kingdom, and he became as a slave and as a servant. Jesus didn't have some conceited, arrogant, prideful attitude. Why in the world do you think you deserve one? 
It got quiet and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna, okay. And so, uh, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. We always see the cross as a beautiful thing. The cross was an ugly thing, man. The cross was where the worst of people went to die. Nobody looked at the cross as being this wonderful and holy symbol. They're like, that's the electric chair. That's the execution chamber. Only the worst person ever dies on the cross. So Jesus laid it all aside so he could die just like a murderer, like a thief, on a cross, verse 9, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Somebody say amen today. He has the name above all names. In heaven they know it. On earth you better know it. And in hell they know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I'm telling you right now, even the worst atheist in the world, the second they take their last breath, oh, they're a believer. <laughs> they believe real quick, but sadly it's too late. And so I choose right now to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's no other name anywhere near his name. And I will not just flippantly, vainly toss his name around like it's just somebody else's name. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to show respect for that name because that name saved me from hell. That name healed me from cancer. That name did everything for me and nobody else's name did it. His name is not like the other ones. His name is holy. His name is Jesus. Amen. And so number one, what am I going to do about the name of Jesus? I'm going to respect it. And number two, you need to realize the power that is in his name. Now, I don't think any of us will ever fully comprehend the power that's available to us in the name of Jesus. Uh, but I can, I can tell you this. I can promise you this, that the devil doesn't want you to even get a slight glimpse of the power that's available to you. Because once you start to get that revelation, he can't pick on you like he used to. He can't bully you around like he used to when you start to realize the power that's available to you in the name of Jesus. Why do you think he fights so hard to silence the name of Jesus? And, you know, we see fights every Christmas and all the time going on about whether we should use the name Christ Mass or Jesus. Yeah, well, we understand you believe, but we don't want to offend those that don't believe. You know who really gets offended about the name of Jesus? The devil. And so guess what? I'm going to say it even more. I'm going to say it louder. I'm going to say it prouder. And I'm going to say the name of Jesus. And I will say, Merry Christmas to you. Amen. And so come on. Merry Christmas, man. It's the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And so trying to silence the name of Jesus, that's not something new that didn't get invented, you know, in the 2000s in America. It's been going on forever. And in fact, if you'll look at Acts chapter 5, I'm going to show you a story right here. But in the book of Acts, the apostles were preaching and healing people in the name of Jesus. Uh, they got arrested for it, if you remember here in Acts chapter 5. They get arrested. Peter is in prison. An angel breaks into prison for him and gets him out. 
And so why did he even get arrested? What were the charges? Well, the charges were he was preaching in the name of Jesus and saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. He healed a, a, a crippled man in Acts chapter 3 in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so Jesus' name is getting glorified all over the place. Uh, Jesus' name is being preached and, and worshipped, and they can't take that. They are ticked off, and they're like, we're going to give you a chance. Shut up about that name or you're going to jail. What name? You mean Jesus? And so they throw him in jail. And, and, and the, the angel breaks him out. But uh, Acts chapter 5, check this out. Acts chapter 5, verse 27. So as soon as he gets broken out of prison, he goes right back and starts preaching in the name of Jesus. Verse 27. Then they brought the apostles before the high council. This is the second time. Where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. That's a bold thing to say when your life's on the line. That's a bold thing to say when they're getting ready to beat you and throw you back in prison. But you got to know, when you've got the name of Jesus, you can have some boldness about you. You, you can have some boldness. Imagine that that you were going someplace, maybe you're trying to get into the VIP entrance, and they're like, who are you? Well, you know, I'm so-and-so. Your name doesn't mean nothing around here. But what if you came in the name of somebody whose name did mean something? Several years ago, 2010, this is a, this story wasn't planned, so this is just an extra, but, uh, I, I, I knew a guy that worked for the LA Clippers, and anyway, we, we had this good relationship. He's like, I'm gonna give you courtside tickets to this game on a certain day. You show up and tell them that Maurice sent you. And so, I show up, and sure enough, they give me the tickets, and, and I'm used to going up in the nosebleeds, you know, cause that's, that's how I, that's what I do. And so, they're like, uh, we're gonna have to lead you to your seats. And so, anyway, they just go, and there's an entrance on one of the streets there, uh, Figaro Street, and it says, VIP entrance. I didn't even know this existed in my world. I've never been VIP. And so, I show up, and, and they're like, who are you? And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> Maurice sent me. Oh, oh, come on, come on in. They let me in. They took me uh, to the elevator. I usually go up on the elevator. I went down on the elevator to the courtside level, enjoyed hot wings and Pepsi all night long, and had a great time. Why? I couldn't do that in my name, but I didn't come in my name. I came in somebody else's name that actually meant something. And there's going to be a point in time when the devil wants to challenge you and you say, no, not this time. Who are you? I'm not coming in my name. Jesus Christ sent me and I'm coming in the name of Jesus right now. So back up. His name actually means something. And so when you've got the name of Jesus, man, come on, raise your head high and have a little, have a little bit of confidence in what you're doing. And so I'm all for obeying the law, you know, I, I, to the best of my ability, even laws that I don't actually like. And there's plenty of those I'll obey. But if it comes down to the law saying something that contradicts what God's law told me to do, I will gladly break the law. No, you can't say that. No, seriously. If it comes down to the Bible says this and my government's telling me this, I will pick the Bible every single time. And so, amen. 
I was thinking back to, uh, to uh, 2020 when the pandemic started. And so at the beginning of all this, um, you know, they were like, hey, you gotta, you can't go to church no more. And we're like, oh, um, well, we'll try to show a little respect. And so, you know, you remember we did a couple weeks of this, you know, stuff. And I can tell you now, it is no fun preaching to a camera in this sanctuary with none of you guys here. That was like the worst thing in my entire life. It was torture. But we did it. And so, you know, finally we're like, hey, we'll, we'll, you, they say you guys have permission to open up. And we're like, well, we was going to do it anyway, but okay. Th- thank you for your blessing, Governor. And so we, we, we open up church and then like a couple weeks later, okay, you can go, but you can't sing anymore. And we're like, what? You can't tell us we can't sing to Jesus. And so what do we do? We sing even louder, right? Come on. And, and like, you can't chant anymore. I'm like, well, we never did that before, but now we're going to start doing it. So, you know, we come up with all these faith confessions and it's great. And so doing all this stuff. And, uh, and so, but after that, here's what got me. A few weeks later, they're like, you know what? We changed our mind. You can't, you can't, no more, no more in service church meetings. And I was like, Pharaoh? Some Pharaoh, what is that? <laughs> Remember back in Exodus, whenever Pharaoh would say, you guys can go, and then he changed his mind. No, no, you got to come back. And so this time we were like, no, we're not doing it. In the name of Jesus, the Bible tells us to have church, right? It says in Hebrews 10, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. I mean, it's a New Testament directive. You go to church. And so we decided, you know what? Not this time. I, I love you. I respect you. We must obey God rather than any human authority, just like Peter said. And so we kept having church, and uh, and 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 you know, people. Uh, we got reported, and I, you know, got threatening letters from the county and stuff like that. You're going to get fined ten thousand dollars for each violation. And I'm like, well, what'd you do with all the paper? I saved it all in case there was ever a future toilet paper shortage. Amen. And so anyway, maybe I shouldn't have said that. My bad. My bad. Strike that. My bad. I shouldn't have done that. My bad. So, but what happened is this, is that we decided, you know, we're going to, we're going to stay open. I had other preachers calling me. Why are you guys, what, why are you doing it? We don't know. Why, why don't you just, and I'm like, I don't understand why we're the only ones doing it. I mean, the Bible says this. And if the, even if the government says something different, I respect and I try to obey, but I obey God's word before I obey any human being in the world because he's the one that saved me. He's the one that died for me. He's the only one that could I could call on his name and receive anything at all. And so that's right. Amen. That's right where Peter and the boys were at right here. And and so they're like, hey, we love you, but we can't do that. We, we're not going to do it. And so back to the story here. We're going to look down at verse 40. So one of the men on the high council advised that, uh, you know, guys, just let the, let the guys go free. Uh, because just in case God is actually on their side, We're going to get ourselves in trouble. And so Acts chapter 5, verse 40, the others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Do you know what it means to be flogged? Well, you don't want to be flogged. You get beaten to a bloody pulp with a whip, and it's awful. And so all the apostles, they are flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Come on. I love this stuff. 
And so what, I mean, these guys, they, they got beaten to a pulp and what do they do? They rejoice. They say, oh my gosh, we have been counted worthy to take a beating for Jesus. This is wonderful. And they, they didn't stop. They went right back out preaching the same thing they always did. And I look at so many people that I know today, if somebody's like, it offends me that you prayed over your food at lunch. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. Don't you ever apologize for praising and praying to Jesus. Never do it. And don't think that if, if that's all it takes to shut you up about Jesus, don't think that when the rubber meets the road that you'll take a firm, hard stand for Jesus. You'll fold like a, like a cheap house of cards. I'm not being mean. But you better learn to start having some standards and start having some non-negotiable things in your life. One non-negotiable is I will never stop speaking the name of Jesus. Ever. You gotta respect it and you gotta absolutely begin to realize the power that is in the name of Jesus. There is no other name in heaven or in earth like his name. When I, a lot of you know my story, but when I was three and a half, I had leukemia. And so I got put into this children's hospital in Indianapolis. And at this hospital, okay, so I was gonna be getting blood transfusions and whatnot. And at this exact same hospital, okay, this was the 80s, uh, there was, uh, there was a, a, a young boy, actually from the same county and everything that I was from. He uh, was having blood transfusions at the hospital, and somebody with AIDS had donated blood. They pumped AIDS directly into this boy's veins, and he became deathly ill and did eventually, he actually died of AIDS because he was, they were directly pumped into his blood system. And so everyone is like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, can you imagine that happening and then sending your child to that exact same hospital? Hey, pump some blood into him. We heard it went really great last time. You know, it was, it was awful. And so my parents that, you know, as you know, we, be, we believe in God's healing power and, and I'll get to that. But we also believe in doing, you know, the right, we're not stupid, you know, so we're going to do, you know, what the, what the doctors and hospitals said. But here's the thing. Over every single bag of blood that was pumped into my body, my parents laid their hands on it and said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is only good. There's no bad. We bless this in the name of Jesus. And so I, uh, you know, I, I had uh, purely clean blood pumped into me. I, I, I thank God for that and praise God for blood donors and everything like that. But the greatest blood donor of all, was Jesus Christ. He gave it all. And so he donated. He didn't just donate it. He gave his blood and shed it for me. And so as I'm in the hospital there, I, I became crippled, couldn't walk. And just, I mean, just, you know, it's a pretty gnarly situation. I would hate to see my child go through this. But I'm there in the, in the children's hospital and my parents are standing in faith and they're calling on the name of Jesus. Amen. And so standing in faith, uh, one day, you know, you know, I'll paraphrase the story here, but I'm sitting on the bed. They're getting ready to give me another round of treatments. You know, I've had all these spinal taps and everything. I still wear the scars on my back from spinal taps. And so I'm getting ready to, to get, uh, a, you know, in the next treatment. 
and I feel something just pick me up off of this bed and set me on the ground, and I haven't been able to stand up in a long time, and I just took off running down the hallway. Amen. And so the doctors and they're, they're chasing me around and, and I'm singing this song that my church always sing. And they grab me, they come in and they start pumping blood and testing it. And from that exact moment, there's like, there's not an ounce of cancer in the boy's blood. It's gone. And so, in fact, they said on top of it, not only is the leukemia, the cancer gone, he has 100% mature white blood cells. That would take at least six months to develop a mature white blood cell. He has no cancer, fully mature blood, and it's a miracle. And so, yeah, I, I've always, I've always kept that fondly in my heart <laughs> for the last 30 years. And, and, and I, I appreciate what the Lord did for me. And I, I appreciate doctors and all that too. I, you know, thank God for them. But Jesus healed me. And I know that. And it was his name that healed me. I love Jesus and I owe everything to him. And so I want to look at the third thing here today. And that's this, we're talking about the name of Jesus. You better respect it. <laughs> You better realize the power that's in his name. And then number three, you need to use his name. You need to use the name of Jesus. And so I grew up in a house where we used the name of Jesus. You know, we didn't, we didn't just, you know, you know I'm not making fun of anybody, but Dear God, we come to you today. God almost, you know, there's like Jesus, man. We're coming to the Father in Jesus' name. Just like Jesus taught us to do in, in John chapter 16. But we were told to come to the Father in the name of Jesus. And we just didn't, we didn't mess around with this stuff. And so I remember one time, to show you how fanatical my parents are, uh, we were at a, one of my Little League games. And I, I forget which one of us was playing, but anyway... Um, this lady, this mom is down there cussing up a storm, saying GD and Jesus Christ and all this. And I just, I don't have a lot of tolerance for that, especially around children. I mean, what in the world is wrong with you that you would do that? But anyway, she's just throwing all this out there. And so my dad gets up from the bleachers. Uh, here it goes. <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's, it's embarrassing being a preacher's kid, but, but he stands up. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And so he goes through the whole thing, brother. And, and I mean, the whole ballpark just goes silent. And, and I mean, this lady, her face is all beat red and like, you know, what is she going to do? She shut her yapper the rest of the game. Okay. And so listen. If they don't apologize about cursing his name in front of you, don't you ever apologize for praising his name in front of them. Amen? And so he did that every time we would go out to eat. Oh, man, you know, some people, they pray for their food out of obligation. And like, just guys, let's just, can we have a moment of silence? Can we just kind of pray? Um, you know, we don't want to bug anybody else around us. Not my family, no. My dad, <laughs> my dad went all Billy Graham on the whole situation. Blessed that food, sanctified it in the name of Jesus, and almost gave an altar call to the taco before the whole thing was over. I'm like, man, dear Lord. I, I, it was incredible. I mean, everybody wanted to get saved, but we weren't ashamed of it. My entire life, when my mother answered the phone, she never said hello. 
ever, my entire life. What did my mom say? And this is back when they had landline phones. For some of you younger people, we used to have phones that actually a line ran to your house from a from a pole outside. You had to answer it from there. It was, it was the craziest thing. But yeah, no caller ID, nothing. And so my my mom would pick up the phone and she'd always say, "Jesus loves you." And pe- I mean, every time. And 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 she never said hello. And I never you know really realized anything about it. I thought that's how you answer the phone until I got older and heard other people like, "What are you doing answering your phone like that? It's Jesus loves you. What's wrong with you?" But that's how I grew up. And so I'm very familiar and well acquainted with the name of Jesus. I'm very comfortable with the name of Jesus. The only one that's not comfortable with the name of Jesus is the devil and people that have the devil living in them. And so Jesus wants you to use his name. He literally wants you to use it. And so John chapter 14, let's look at verses 13 through 14. Are we still together today? John 14, I'm going to look at verses 13 and 14, and uh, there's a lot of reference on this, but I can't sit here and read every verse on it this morning, so I had to narrow it down. John 14, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 14, and so I love what Jesus is telling us right here. This is incredible. John chapter 14 and verse 13, he says, You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. That is a big, bold promise to make right there. And someone would say, no, I mean, not not anything. Jesus said anything. I mean, if you want to change his words, you go ahead. But I was taught to not reword the Bible. And so he says right here, you can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it so the Son can bring glory to the Father. So the Son can bring glory to the Father. When you pray in the name of Jesus, when you ask for something in the name of Jesus, and you receive a miracle, what happens? The Father gets the glory. Because I know you're, you're smart enough to not try to take the glory for yourself and tell everybody, and you know, you get, no. If you ask for something in the name of Jesus and he does the miraculous, like heal you from cancer or something, come on. What are you going to do? You're going to say, no, it was Jesus. He gets the glory. It brings glory to God the Father. And look at verse 14. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. What a promise. Now, in 1 John, he goes on to say, ask for anything in line with his will, and he will do it. And so I realize that I'm going to ask for things in line with the will of God, things that the Bible says I can have, right? And he will do it. That's a powerful thing. I want you to look at one final thing today. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. This is uh, some of Jesus' final instructions before he ascended to heaven. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. Do you love the name of Jesus today? Oh my gosh. If there's a time that I don't know what else to do, I will just call on the name of Jesus. That name has gotten me out of more messes, out of more situations out of more storms than I could ever even imagine. Mark 16 verses 17 
through 18, and this is part of what we would call the Great Commission. And I'm in the New King James on this. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Is there anybody at all here today that you believe? Then this is for you. Because so often you read something like this, like, oh, no, no, no. He was talking to the 12 disciples. Listen, first of all, there are more than 12 disciples. So just think about that for a minute. But also, why wouldn't he just say, these signs will follow just just these 12 right here, just the 70. They These signs will follow them. No, he said, these signs will follow anyone who believes in my name. Amen. So in my name, they will cast out demons. You can't do that in your own name. But I have found out you can do it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and they will speak with new tongues. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, in the name of Jesus, I believe in it. They will take up serpents. All right, pump the brakes on that one. Let me talk for just a minute. Okay, I hate snakes, okay? But if I had to, if I had to, in the name of Jesus, I could potentially touch a snake. I've never touched one in my life. I grew up in the woods like a little hillbilly and came across snakes all the time. But I never once touched them. Uh, because anyway, but if I could, if I needed to, if I needed to, in the name of Jesus, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. And so how is all that possible? Well, he said for those who believe they can do it in my name. Now, there was a preacher named E.W. Kenyon. He was preaching this exact same passage right here. And uh, there was a, an attorney, a lawyer in the crowd. And the, the, the attorney stands up and says, So you're telling me that Jesus Christ is giving us the power of attorney to go do things in his name? And E.W. Kenyon, the preacher, says, Well, you're the lawyer here. You tell me, is that what this is saying? And the attorney says, that's exactly what that's saying. Jesus just said, I'm going up to heaven while I'm gone. I need you to go and do some things for me in my name. I need you to do it. That's called power of attorney right there. And so what we're saying is Jesus commissioned you. Jesus told you, hey, I'm going to be gone for a little while. I need you guys to get some stuff done down there until I get back. Just go in my name and do it. Tell them Jesus sent you. Tell them that you're doing it in my name. You have the power of attorney to use the name of Jesus to fight against the works of the devil. And I'm here to tell you this morning that his name will do anything that he can do. It's a powerful name. The name of Jesus. One last story. You got time for one more? All right. uh, Then I'm done. I swear I'm done. But back when, uh, back when I was uh, 17, and Pastor Katie was 17, um, I get a phone call one day. Uh, I was at work, and uh, actually I was, more specifically, I was at the chicken restaurant marinating gizzards. People in other parts of the country, we eat livers and gizzards. With, uh, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But that's, anyway, it's, it's wonderful. But I was marinating gizzards, and they come in and say, hey, uh, your girlfriend's on the line. And I'm like, okay. So I go, and, 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 and Kit, Pastor Katie's on there, and she's like, hey, just want you to know I had a little accident, uh, hit a tree, and, I, and, and I'm okay. And I'm like, okay. So I thought she said she hit a tree, which would have been bad enough for sure. But I thought she backed into the tree in her yard. And so I'm like, oh, you're okay, right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you later. And then I, then it dawned on me, hold on. I think she said she hit a train. 
And so I call her back. What did you hit? I hit a train. And I'm like, what? You hit a train? And sure enough, she was driving to work, 17 years old. A train is coming down the tracks. And where we live out in the country, they don't have, they don't believe in the crossbar to come down and stop you or anything. And so she's going, sees the train at the last minute, slides right into the side of a full steam ahead locomotive and boom, a a collision. She hits it. This car flips a few times and she, 17 years old, lands in the ditch. And so, I mean, it's crazy. In fact, the guy, the guy driving the train, they, they finally get it stopped. You know how long that takes. He comes running down the tracks and they're like, are you okay? And, and she's out there in the mud like, oh, I ruined my new white shoes. And so anyway, <laughs> and so they're like, ma'am, sit down, ma'am, sit down. It was the dude's first day fully on his own, able to drive the train. I mean, he would completed training. And so what a way to start your new career. So he... He, uh, he's there, and then, you know, all these guys, uh, there's this landscape crew that was like three cars back, they come running up, Jesus saved you! Jesus saved you! And so, we're all asking her, you know, you know, what in the world? What happened? And she says, I saw the train, and it was too late, I hit the brakes, and I, before I hit it, I said, praise Jesus! She called out the name of Jesus at the last second, and praise God, that car, I wish back then if we had more, you know, smartphones, I would have taken a picture. But I went to the scrapyard and saw the car. It looked like you took a piece of aluminum foil, just crumpled it up and threw it down. That car, there's not a chance in the world somebody survives hitting that stinking train. She had nothing. She was totally fine. Why? There's power in the name of Jesus. And so, what about the person that doesn't really have Jesus on their heart. I can think of a lot of other words that may have come out of somebody's mouth right before they slide into a train. You know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus said. If Jesus is all over your heart in the heat of the battle in an emergency situation, the name of Jesus will come out in the right way. If you've got cursing and whatever else on your heart in the heat of the battle in an emergency situation, curse words are going to come flying out of your mouth and those won't save you. Those will probably make the situation worse. And so what I'm getting at today is this. It's Rocktober, brother. I'm having a good time. I'm having the time of my life. But I got to tell you right now that the name of Jesus is the name above every other name. We have to respect it. No longer just throw around vainly the name of God like it's just some name respect it and use it right. Number two, you need to realize the power that's available to you in the name of Jesus. And number three, you need to use his name because he told you several times in the New Testament, go in my name, do it in my name, ask the father in my name, use my name. He wants you to use his name. It'll save your life. Amen. Can we stand up together today? Praise the Lord. The biggest thing of all is this concerning the name of Jesus. You know, we've seen some neat stories and stuff today. But the biggest thing is this. Nobody gets to go to heaven unless they've called on the name of Jesus and received him in their heart. And, and you know, you may be thinking, yeah, well, I've got money trouble. I've got health trouble. I've got marriage trouble. I've got all that. Well, those may be problems, but until... (laughs) Your biggest trouble is if you don't have Jesus in your life, 
that's a much bigger problem than anything else you're facing right now. And so the most important thing we could ever do ever is give you the opportunity. Now it's on you. You know, we're passing the ball to you. It's up if you're getting, it's up to you to do something with it. But I got to do my job right here and I got to tell you that if you do not have Jesus in your heart right now, we want to fix that today. And maybe you're like, yeah, I did all that when I was a kid and yeah, we used to do that. I'm not hey, listen. It is possible for somebody to walk away from the Lord. And maybe you used to, maybe at one point, we're talking about today. If you don't Fully know that you 100% have things right with Jesus in your heart. It is a very, I'm, I'm just in my opinion, a very high risk to leave without taking care of that. Because we don't ever know. We, we, we just don't know. And I don't like to play fear tactics. That's not what I'm doing. But i got to speak the truth. And so if you're here today and you aren't fully certain of your status with Jesus, we're going to fix that. We're going to pray together. And I'm not going to ask you to come up here and give a speech and all that. But I am going to ask you to at least have the guts to, you know, raise your hand and say, yeah, I I said it, I prayed it, I meant it, and I'm not embarrassed about it. You have to at least have that level of guts. He died for you. You've got to be able to acknowledge him in front of people. You have to. And so I'm going to pray with you. And then if you'll pray that with me, and if you'll, and if this is your moment of receiving him or your moment of returning to him, what we like to do around here is, We've got a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer. And what we'll do is we'll connect you with someone else for 30 days that can pray with you. They'll text you a Bible verse and a short devotion every day. They're not going to be invasive. But what they're going to do is make sure that you have the help you need to get started on the right track. It would be wrong to say, hey, here's what you need. Good luck. Hope you make it. Hope you survive. That'd be wrong. We want to make sure that you get started on the right track with Jesus. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I want you to pray with me. And then I want Jose. Come on up, Jose. This is my brother, Jose. And uh, if you pray this and you mean it and you're serious, I want you to just come over to Jose when we're done and uh, let him know. And, and with your permission, we'd at least like to pray with you, give you a book or something. And if with your permission, we'd hook you up with a spiritual personal trainer for the next 30 days that will text you verses and pray for you every day. Amen. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes together? Father, I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again, that you paid the price for my sins. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. I promise to live for you. Jesus, Give me the strength to live for you. I promise, Lord, to give you my best. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus some praise today? Amen. Listen, if that's you, I, you know, I'm serious. Don't be, don't be, don't be a sissy about it. Jesus was very bold. I want you to go see Jose right now. He's going to be right over there. And he's going to just give you a little more information and pray with you. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure that you succeed and make it with Jesus. Amen. All right. If you're here and you need prayer for anything else at all, for your health, for whatever, we want to lay hands on you and pray in the name of Jesus. Josh is going to lead us in a song here for a few minutes today. And, uh, and then we'll go ahead and close things out. Amen. Let's go ahead and go. What a beautiful name it is 
What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory, for you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, and now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ My King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Death could not hold you The 
built or before you You silence the voice of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory For you are raised to life again You have no rival You have no equal Now and forever God you reign Yours is the kingdom Yours is the glory Yours is the name above all names What a powerful name it is What a powerful name Anybody had a good time in the house of the Lord together today? Amen. Well, I believe what we just uh, taught on right there, that there is power in the name of Jesus. And so it is so important that we realize that and that we begin to speak in his name. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things out today. I want to remind you that November starts on Tuesday. And so we've got our November devotion available right back there at the info booth. It's a day-by-day exhortation and devotion. And so grab that, and that will help you uh, get started off right. It's also going to be online on the website and on social media, so you can grab it on there also. And uh, we've got service tonight, 6 o'clock. It's going to be absolutely incredible. So be back here for that. And also, who likes bread? Well, Jesus did say that he is the bread of life. And so he's providing some bread for your life right now. Uh, so uh, is it going to be out there? At the, okay, as you exit today, there's lots of bread available. So uh, just grab some bread, okay? And if you're like, I don't need bread, well, you know somebody that does. So take some and help us out here. We're trying to be a blessing. Uh, so we want to get you on the right track with that. Amen. All right, let's pray. And then we will be dismissed. And remember, all the kids are next door today. And uh, here in a few weeks, guys, the construction's going to be done. We'll be back to normal. Brand new stage. Amen. The stage is coming along great. And our goal is by the Thanksgiving service, it's going to be ready. So uh, you can eat some turkey and admire the new 
States. All right, anyway, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we're coming in your name, Father. Not our name, not some other name, but the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. What a beautiful name that name is. And Lord, I pray that as we have received your word today, that it's not just going to be in one ear and out the other, but you told us that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so we are going to do something with the word that we've heard today. Lord, I pray that you would use us this week to show your love everywhere we go. We are the light of the world, according to what you told us. And so we're going to be that light. Use us in a great big way. We love you and we praise you. You are good, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, can somebody say amen? All right. Let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We will see you tonight.